Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about permitted development. But before we jump into all that, I thought I'd give you my usual weekly review. So this week, the weather's been phenomenal where I am. Hopefully it's been great where you are too. Um, It's been super warm over the last weekend. The first few days of the week has been really warm as well, which is really nice. Makes a nice change. Get some real British summer for a change. But I've taken full advantage of that this weekend. I was able to spend some time mowing the lawn and cleaning the garden, which was really good. Get around to doing that, tidied up again. And I also spent a few hours cleaning the car out because no matter how often I clean it, it's always full of dog hair. So whenever snow jumps in, and she's always sat in the boots, so she never sits on any of the seats, but the fur still gets everywhere, um, which amazes me how much there is of it all the time. So hopefully if anybody sits in my car now, they don't come out with half a dog attached to them, uh, which would be really good. So that was really good. I also wanted to talk about my park run this weekend. So I managed to achieve my personal best time. So I managed to knock, I think it was about 16 seconds off my previous personal best, which I was really pleased with. Now, there were probably a number of reasons for this. Um, because I'd spent the last few days without running, so I'd done one run in the week, uh, so I'd had an opportunity to rest, so I was more rest and relaxed than I normally would have been. And I also did a warm-up, which I wouldn't normally have done because it was so warm. I walked snow. I got up a bit earlier and walked snow before the park run, and I didn't take her with me this week. Normally, I'd take her to do the park run with me because she absolutely loves running. Um, I could tell she was a bit sad this week and without doing the run, um, but it was far too warm. So anything above 16, 17 degrees, I tend not to take her um, because that the, the heat just affects her and she, um, she she loves the running, but she'll run one lap and then she'll walk the rest. So And then she'll want to lie down after a while as well. So I try to avoid taking her if it's above kind of 16, 17 degrees. And when I left home this weekend, it was about 20 degrees. So way too warm to take her out. So like I said, got up early took her out for a nice walk instead, which allowed my muscles the chance to warm up. So I know I know I realise that I don't normally uh, warm up. I don't normally warm up, uh, which is a really bad habit. Um, so I'm going to start trying to warm up every weekend now before I do the run, whether snow's with me or not, try and get out for a, at least a 10, 15 minute walk. Even if snow's with me, go out, just take her out for 10, 15 minutes. So it'll be a little bit of a warm up for her too to get us going because it definitely once you've warmed the muscles up and got going slightly it allows you to take off a bit quicker from the start line and it's a little bit easier to reach your kind of full speed which was really nice so I think that's what enabled me to get my personal best which was which I was really pleased with so hopefully you guys have all had a good weekend last week and you're looking forward to another good weekend this week hopefully you're making the most of the sun hopefully you're getting sun where you are Uh, If you're in an area near where I am, you will definitely be getting the sun and hopefully you're getting the sun elsewhere as well. So let's jump into permitted development. So this week I was doing a little bit of research into where the article for planning areas are in my uh, my area. So an article for area is where the permitted development rules do not apply. So let me wind back a bit and talk very briefly for a minute about what permitted development means. So permitted developments are a a number of pre-approved regulations that say you can 
do development on your house without going through planning permission. So you don't necessarily need to have planning permission to do your extension or to put in new windows or whatever it may be. You may be covered by permitted development. So it's worth having an awareness of the rules because it may save you a lengthy process of going through planning permission, which can be quite handy. But you need to make sure that um, you follow all the rules in the permitted development to the letter um, so that you don't get um, fined or penalised by the council in any way. So as long as you stick to all the guides and the rules that are set out in that, you should be okay. So what I recommend is if you're thinking of doing any of these, go online, do a quick Google of it, and there's a, a loads of documentation on the, on the web from both your local councils and local government about and also other companies uh, have a kind of guides as well. I've I found a number of guides online that would be quite helpful. So go and have a look if you're thinking about doing any of this stuff. It changes from time to time and you need to make sure that you're not in one of these planning areas. So I'll talk about that now. So an article, like I say, an article four planning area is where these rules don't exist. So there's a couple of these in my local area. So there's, a number, there's, two, there's actually two in Gloucester where I live and they've just uh, created one in Cheltenham as well. So, but the new one's not come into effect yet. It's going through a consultation period. So they've just agreed. I think there was a letter from the council I saw online, which is why I was looking at the boundaries of the new area to see what, what kind of area it was going to affect. But they don't come into effect for quite some time. I think um, the letter that I've got that I found from the council was that um, on the 11th of June, the council approved making of the Article 4 direction affecting one of the local wards. And it gave a little map of what area that is, which is quite clear. So that map is really quite detailed. It kind of shows all the local roads and all the buildings and all the dwellings that are actually in that article 4 planning area so it's really quite easy to see whether your building would be in that area or not so most councils will have these maps if you if you're looking or if your property or the property you're looking to purchase or do um, extensions etc run is in an article 4 planning area or you think it is go online have a google have a look at the maps like i said they're quite detailed so it should be easy to work out if for whatever reason your local council doesn't have a map on there, give a, give a, the planning office a call and they'll be able to provide you with a little map or at least tell you whether your property's in that Article 4 planning area, um, which would be quite helpful so you know that you'll have to go through proper planning permission, which will take a little bit longer. Um, but I've also got here the list of things that it means for being in an Article 4 planning area. So, again, I've just taken this off the council website. So let me read a couple of the things off of here so that you can see what that kind of means. So, uh, and this is just reading it direct from the council website. So um, feel free to go on and have a look at your local uh, council's website and see a similar article for Article 4 planning areas near yourself. So the Article 4 direction removes the following permitted development rights on certain properties. A, the, the enlargement, improvement or other alteration to the house. This includes changing windows and doors. B, any alteration to the roof, 
This includes the provision of roof lights and dormer windows and the substitution of clay tiles and natural slates with concrete or other materials. C. The erection or construction of a porch outside any external door. D. The provision of a hard surface, e.g. to provide a car park in the front garden. So you get the idea, there's a whole host of these um, permitted development rules that you're allowed to do certain things with, but if you're in an Article 4 area, it removes most of those rights. So double check to make sure that if you're using permitted development, you're not in one of these catchment areas that you can't do it. So that being said, that's the kind of cautionary bit. So what can you do under permitted development? So there's a whole host of things, which I'm not going to be able to cover all of them here because there are so many of them and they are quite detailed as well. But once again, it's important that if you're looking to do any of these, it's worth checking with your local authority before carrying out the works to confirm that they are within the rules. So you don't fall, you don't want, you definitely don't want to fall foul of these. So there are a number of things you can do under these permitted development rules. So let me just run down a list and we'll go through a couple of them in a bit more detail. So you can build a porch. You can carry out any internal alterations. You can convert and occupy the loft space. You can install micro-generation equipment, which are solar panels, uh, things like that, but you can't install wind turbines. They're completely different, So, but you can install solar panels without uh, planning permission. Um, and there's a whole host of other stuff that you would be able, you would expect to do normally anyway, such as installing satellite dishes, erecting antennas, that kind of stuff. Um, you can also put in roof lights or dormer windows. You can put in new doors and windows. You could put an extension on the back of your home. And there's a whole host of other things you can do as well. But like I said, the important thing is making sure that you follow the rules really clearly. So there are a whole host of guidelines that you have to follow for each of these things. So for example, let's pick out um, an extension. So if you want to put an extension on the back of your property, so you can extend a detached dwelling by up to eight meters to the rear if it's a single story extension or three meters if it's a double extension. If it's a semi-detached or terraced home, you can extend it by up to six meters at the rear of the property if it's single story. There are height restrictions but they boil down to a single storey extension not being higher than four metres in height to the ridge and the eaves and ridge heights or any other extension not being higher than the existing property. Two storey extensions must not be closer than seven metres to the rear boundary of the property. So if you're putting up a two storey extension at the back of your house and it comes within seven, ma- uh, seven metres sorry, of the back of your property, then you have to get planning permission for that. But if it's outside of the seven metres, then you're good to go as long as you meet all those other criteria and some other criteria as well. So those those extensions must be built in the same or similar material to the existing dwelling. So you can't go and change. So if you've got a red brick townhouse, you can't put up a wooden clad building. It has to be really similar to um, fall under these permitted development rules. 
Uh, if you want to do something markedly different, then it's you have to go through planning permission. Um, side extensions, so you can put on side extensions as well, and they must be single story, so you can put on a single story under permitted development, and it must have a maximum height of four meters and a width no more than half of the original building. And when they talk about original, this is what my point really worth um, focusing on actually. In any of these guides, they, they mention quite a lot the original building. So the original building has a real uh, clear definition within the rules. And this means that it's the original as it stood in or prior to 1948 if it's an older house and if it's a newer property it's whenever it was built so it's the original original building so that that's a really important thing that you really must understand that so if you if you're doing that and you're worried about that you can always talk to a planning expert to make sure that um it, it, it's not over the due size that it should be there are a number of other things you can do so we just kind of talked about extensions there you can convert outbuildings so or construct outbuildings. Um, you can construct all sorts of outbuildings for the use and enjoyment of the home, so long as they do not cover more than 50% of the garden space. Now, that's in um, England and Wales. I think that number decreases to 50% if, uh, to 30%, sorry, if you're in Scotland. So you can construct outbuildings as long as they do not cover more than 50% of the garden space. And like I say, in Scotland, that's only 30% of the garden space. Um, there, there are a number of rules around what constitutes an outbuilding and an extension. So in Wales and Ireland, any outbuildings closer to the house than five metres count as extensions. So if you were building a new outbuilding, that was within two meters of the building it doesn't count as a new building it counts as an extension to the existing building so it's worth bearing that in mind um, outbuildings must be single story with a maximum ridge height of four meters for a pitch roof or three meters for any other kind of roof so if you've got a flat roof it's only three three meters um, the eave the eave, the height of the eaves can be no higher than 2.5 meters if the outbuilding is closer to the boundary than two meters, it should be no higher than two and a half meters tall. Tall. So that's if the if the new building that you're building is within two meters of the external boundary of your property, then there's a height restriction to that. So you've got to fall within those height restrictions. And then there's a number of other rules in there as well. So what I'm just doing is giving you a brief idea of what you can do with permitted development. So like I say. It's worth having a gander through these rules and regulations if you're thinking of doing any kind of conversion or anything. So let's just talk about converting your loft for a minute. So if you've got a loft space, a really nice loft space, you can actually convert this under permitted development as well. And um, there's no reason why why you can't do that. Um, you can convert your loft into extra living space by up to 50 meters square by up to 50 meters square, I think that is. Yep. So if you've got a 60 meter loft space, you can only convert 50 meters of it um, in a detached house. And if it's not a detached house, so if it's a terraced house or semi-detached house, you can only convert 40 meters. 
if you're putting light into your loft conversion, they have to be flush roof lights or lights that don't project further than 150 millimeters. Uh, if you're putting in any dormer window, uh, especially if it's facing a highway, you'll need to get planning permission. So if you're putting in a flat window, like I say, or one that projects less than 150 millimeters, you're good to go. But if you're needing a dormer window, especially facing the highway, go and check the rules. Because I've read through these guides a number of times, and the one thing I got stuck on was the dormer windows, because it said you needed planning permission for it if it's facing the highway. But it doesn't say you don't need planning permission if it's fa if it's not facing the highway. So if you're facing the back of the property and away from the highway, for example, it doesn't, it's not quite clear. So it's worth checking that. But any flat windows are definitely good, whichever way the property or whichever way you're putting the windows in, whether it's on the front of the property facing the highway or on the back of the property facing away from the highway, you're good to go with the flat windows. So like I said, that's a number of ideas about what you can do under permitted development. Now, there are a number of things that you definitely cannot do under permitted development. So for example, um, any kind of balcony adding onto your house, yeah, if you if whether it doesn't matter what what story that balcony's on, if it's on the first floor, second floor, etc., doesn't matter. Those do not fall under permitted development, so you're going to have to go through planning permission to be able to put a balcony on there. Um, you'll also need a planning permit. You'll also need planning permission to put in a driveway um, as, uh, if it's non-porous material. So if that's like tarmac, etc. So if you put in a tarmac drive, you're going to need um, planning permission for that but you can um, construct a new driveway if you're using non-porous um, drainage, uh, non-porous material, as long as drainage is provided on the property. So you're good to go with that kind of stuff. But if you're putting a tarmac driveway down without any, um, without any drainage, then you're going to need planning permission for that as well. So those are a few things that aren't covered, which you might fall foul of. You might think that oh I might be able to just run a tarmac drive down down there um, without any planning permission but you definitely need to get planning permission for that if you, especially if you're not planning on putting any drainage underneath that and it's really important to make sure that that's right because if you put a driveway down you go and get planning permission trying to get planning permission retrospectively and they say no you need drainage under it you're gonna have to dig it back up put your drainage down and then put your tarmac down again which is not only going to be a pain, but it's also going to cost you more than you thought it would as well. So it's always worth, if you're ever stuck with any of this stuff, it's always worth checking with the planning office. So if you think, oh, this is definitely uh, good to go under permitted development, crack on with it. If you're not sure, just ask, because it's better to make sure before you start a project that you've got the right uh, planning in place. If you need planning, it's better to get it before then after it's always better to get it before you go it's a lot harder to get planning permit planning permission retrospectively um in fact where i grew up out in the forest of dean there was um, a lovely house was built a couple of miles from where i lived I used to drive past it every day on the way to school and then on the way into work um fantastic house it was a it was actually a large bungalow that had been built if i remember correctly it's been a long time since i've been out there now but i used to drive past it every day uh, it was built really nicely, built to a high standard. You could see from the outside that it was a really lovely building. Um, but the developer who built it was never allowed to sell it or move into it 
because they didn't have the correct planning permission. I'm not sure which bit they filed file of, um, but they didn't have the right planning permission, so they could not occupy that dwelling. So it was just left, and it's in a real state of disrepair, or it might have gone now, I'm not sure, I've not seen it in a few years, but it was it's left into a state of disrepair because nobody could occupy that dwelling, which is a real shame because it's just a case of falling foul of that planning permission. Um, so obviously it wasn't granted retrospectively and the developer didn't have the money to go back by the looks of it or maybe they chose not to um, but it doesn't look like they had the money to go and finish it or amend it to whatever the requirements were from the local planning office. So it's always worth double checking before you get going with any of those projects. So that's all I wanted to cover off today. I know I've talked about quite a lot of in-depth stuff there Um like giving an overview of some quite some in-depth topic but hopefully that's helped hopefully that's given you an idea of what you can and can't do with permitted development just giving you a food some food for thought and so if you're thinking of extending your property in any way shape or form you may not have to go through the entire planning uh, permission process which is going to make life a lot easier because it's going to allow you to get on a bit quicker and save having to, to go through that quite long process so like i said that's everything i want to talk to you today in summary uh, make sure when you're operating any of the permitted development rules that you're not in an article 4 area because if you are in an article 4 area those permitted development rules do not apply to you so don't fall foul of that it's just a quick simple search go onto google search your area and search your county uh, search something like uh, Article 4 planning areas in whatever your county is. They will come up. If you struggle to find it from a Google search, go to your local web uh, council website and they on the planning pages, they will tell you all the Article 4 planning areas. And indeed, like my local, uh, like my local one here in Cheltenham, they've um, put the they've put the map and everything up, the, the areas and the rules around the the uh, proposed Article 4 planning area that's going to come into effect later on this year or early next year, whenever it finally goes through. Actually, I think it might be 2020 that that's going through, but it's all up there ready so that people can plan to that so they don't surprise people with these things. Like I say, get on there, just do a quick, simple search to make sure that you're not in one of those areas. If you are in one of those areas, it's not the end of the world, but you'll need planning permission. Go and talk to your plan planning officer and see what they can do with you to help you out. Um, anything else? Uh, if you're not in those areas and you're really clear that what you're doing is allowed under the permitted development rules, crack on, get on with it and do it. If not, if you're not sure for whatever reason, just give your planning officer a ring. They'll be really helpful and they'll be really glad to help you out. They'll be glad that you're asking rather than just cracking on and doing it. That's what they're there for is to help you out and make sure that you're complying with the rules. Um, if you can get away with doing something under permitted development. So if you're putting on an, ex an extension and you were thinking of putting on a larger extension, but you can make it slightly smaller and fit it within the permitted development rules, it might be easier than doing that than going through planning permission. Or if you failed planning permission for whatever reason, you might be able to shrink it within the sizes and the rules that have been allowed through permitted development to get that through and get that done. Uh, that's worth thinking about as well. Um, so yeah, that, hopefully that's helped. Like I say, if you're stuck with anything, talk to your local planning officer, have a Google online, there's plenty of information available to you. So I shall see you next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>